Hi, everybody, and welcome to a special episode of the Best Pictures Podcast. I'm Maggie. This is Ian. And the reason I am doing this intro and Ian isn't doing this intro is because in honor of October and scary times and Halloween, we watched Halloween. And I just want to note that this was against my will. It actually wasn't against your will. I'm going to point that out. It was against my will in the sense that I do not like scary movies. But when we were talking about what we were going to do in October for our Halloween programming, Ian pitched the idea of a psycho killers theme and I didn't have a better theme and we were running out of time. So Well, also, you watched this film to avoid having to watch American Psycho. For a second time. Yeah, I somehow got (laughs) talked into watching American Psycho once in my life and that's not going to happen again. So I was like, Ian was like, how about Psycho and American Psycho? And I was like, how about Psycho and Halloween? Because for some reason that seems more manageable. (laughs) I quite enjoyed it. Yeah, but because I did not particularly want to do this one, even though I did, because I, I guess I really care about this podcast. Yeah, you do. Um, so I get to do background So we did for background once. this time, because I was like, I'm not looking it up. I'm not doing this. I love it. So uh, Halloween is a 1978 slasher film starring Donald Pleasance and Jamie Lee Curtis in her film debut. So didn't actually know that this was her first film until we watched it, which I yeah. thought was kind of cool. Which is kind of fun, too, because like I said... We're basically doing Halloween and then Psycho, which... Uh, Spoiler. Psycho's coming out later. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> Janet Lee was Jamie Lee Curtis's mom. So that's kind of a fun tie-in, too. Yeah, I would love to say that we did that on purpose. And not just because I'm a wimp. <laughs> but anyway, it's good. It's a good tie-in. So um, Halloween follows the events of Halloween night in 1978 when child killer Michael Myers, which, to be clear, he killed as a child, was not a killer of children comes back to his hometown, and then kills children. Yep. Yeah, he kills kills a lot of teens. Which, gonna go ahead, controversial statement, some of those teens were very disrespectful. Not to Michael Myers. Okay, Grandma. I'm not victim-blaming here, but there was questionable choices made. Namely, the use of locations. Yes. So, um, (laughs) ultimately, Halloween's pretty significant film. Um, It was, in some ways credited with helping start uh, the craze of slasher films in the 80s and popularized several popular um, horror film tropes, such as the final girl, the killing off, well, questionable killing off of promiscuous characters, uh, as well as the point of view shots from uh, the killer's perspective. Also, I guess this was kind of the first one because, you know, spoiler, yeah, this is, again... This, our podcast is always filled with spoilers. I don't it even is. know why I bother saying this. Yeah, but if you haven't watched this film, you, you should before you listen to this. <laughs> actually, you don't have to because I actually read up on this film before you because well, I was like, maybe I will be a little less scared. Um, you hugged a pillow the whole time. I don't did. even lie. <laughs> the whole time. I will put together a list of everything that I think people need with them when they watch horror films. <laughs> a pillow's on there. The fact that the killer, whether or not they've actually been killed themselves at the end or if they've died at the end or if they've actually like i guess fully been vanquished whether or not that's the case kind of i i don't know if that was done a whole lot before this i'm sure this popularized this because of course after halloween we get like Mm -hmm. the full halloween series where you have the michael myers kind of recurring character and you're like is the villain actually human or not it's kind of this like superhuman evil well i definitely got that in this film oh yes and there are some things who that gets definitely... up and walks away from several bullshot but bullshot wow gunshot wounds i was like that was <laughs> a combination of bullet and gunshot <laughs> um but yeah like i mean there are multiple moments where like 
you know, the main characters think that Michael Myers is dead and then he comes back or he disappears and we're like, is he dead? Probably not. And then he can reappear in sequels. So it's kind of like that, like superhuman-ish thing. Because then, of course, in the 80s, you get like Friday the 13th series, you Mm -hmm. get the Ringer on Elm Street. So like Ian was saying, this really kind of like kicks all that off. And those are mentioned as like kind of spiritual descendants of Halloween. So Mm -hmm. again, I loved this film so much. So anyway, on to awards and nominations. So uh, the film was nominated for a Saturn Award for Best Horror Film by the Academy of Science Fiction, Fantasy, and Horror, but ultimately lost to Wicker Man from 1973. So That is the non-Nicolas Cage version. Just to be clear. The beast. Double checked. Um, anyway, Michael Myers was nominated for AFI's 100 Heroes and Villains, but did not make the list, surprisingly. I'm, yeah, I'm a little surprised about that, although I have looked at that list, and I feel like a lot of those villains come from non-horror films, which in itself is very scary. Yeah, totally agree. Yeah. I will... I think real life, as opposed to villains that get up after being stabbed and shot and stabbed in the eye with a coat hanger and all of that, are in some ways scarier. I anything where it's like a like a crazy person, like I can do monster movies, I can do like alien movies. If it's a crazy person, I'm like that shit could be real. And yes, that's why I didn't and Michael. Like Ma- oh, yeah, that's, that's why I also that's insisted fair. that we watch this during daytime and that I watch it at Ian's house <laughs> and not by myself. I had a lot of conditions going into this one, actually. I'm okay with it. Um, so Halloween was also number 68 on AFI's 100 Years 100 Thrills list. That so I'm very here for that ranking there. And lastly, it was actually selected for preservation by the United States Library of Congress in 2006 for its cultural, historical, and aesthetic significance. So, yeah, I think it definitely, I mean, the Library of Congress recognizes yeah, and it I mean, as being significant. Like, a vast majority is. of the movies we have done have been selected for mm-hmm. like preservation and historical significance, but I think it's very interesting that you get a, a horror movie, especially when it's low budget, because this is not a high budget. Yeah, I was reading, I think all. it was like 300K was the budget. Yeah, it's very low budget, um, but they, I think they do a lot that's very effective with that, and they use a lot of techniques and especially like camera techniques and the way they use the score really will like get under your skin i loved that part so i I respected but (laughs) hated that part so i think that's actually a really good segue into watch notes Mm -hmm. because you immediately in the film at the start at the opening credits get the theme that everyone knows now hold on i feel like i need to find it really fast yeah, so it's that one. I actually forgot that that was the score for this movie and until it started playing. I was like, oh, that's what this is from. Yeah, no. Yeah. And for some reason, I was thinking to myself, uh, I was confusing The Exorcist with the, like, I don't I know why it was that. confusing. I feel like it's a similar score, but I may just be completely making that up because... You haven't watched time, either no, until now? <laughs> I did. Okay, so I got talked into watching The Exorcist, but... <laughs> Somebody loaned, one of our friends who like really loves film and I, it was, um, Matt Perella. Mm-hmm. Uh, shortly after we like met, we were like trading, we we're like, oh, somebody else who likes classic film and stuff. So we were like trading movies back and forth. And he was like, you need to watch The Exorcist. And I was like, I don't want to watch The Exorcist. He's like, no, do it, do it. And loaned me the movie. So I watched it in the middle of the afternoon. I had the sound on so low, you could barely <laughs> hear it. And I made my roommate in college sit with me while I also did homework so I'd be distracted and not fully invested. So I've technically seen The Exorcist. Technically. 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 
Oh my goodness. <laughs> so anyway, it opens with that. And it's immediately this like foreboding. And it opens sense. really loud. So if you're like me, you don't like scary movies. Yeah, and you ask jump. the person who you insist on watching it with you to turn down the volume just a little and bit. And they'll refuse to do it. Um, <laughs> we negotiated, what was it, three clicks? Three clicks. Three clicks. Um, but one thing about the title sequence that I really liked is the very subtle zoom in on the jack o' lantern. Yeah, because it's just a black screen and you got this jack o' lantern flickering. And then the, the like orange text. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and that kind of kicked off a whole bunch of really neat zoom and tracking shots throughout well, the entire film. And I like the way that the, the camera's not smooth. Like, it has, it's not like a super, it's not like a Blair Witch Project handheld Yeah, this is camera, before Steadicam. But <laughs> it it's like, it feels still handheld, which yes. feels spookier. And it also feels like very much like Ian was talking earlier about the point of view shots. Like, it feels like you're, looking through someone's eyes who's like they're walking and they're walking over different terrain and stuff like that like it doesn't feel too smooth for that realism yes and that's the first scene that we get is where at the very beginning even though i knew that michael myers kills his sister i did not connect the i thought he killed the whole family so well okay so anyway was, <laughs> he did not kill the whole family no, he does not kill just the whole his family. sister <laughs> so a silver um, I don't know. Well, remember, his sister was the promiscuous one. His I parents know, were she married. Was to die. Oh my goodness. Um, that's that is one issue I have with it. I have another issue at the end that we'll I'll probably scream about then, but it's fine. Yeah. Um, so we get this beautiful I scene. Mean, you know, it was it's interest it's an interesting movie, and I will say that there were some things that I did like musically I thought it was very good. The yes. music score was amazing. Um, visually they did some really good stuff. Feminism wise, not in my top ten. <laughs> In fact, maybe in your bottom 10. <laughs> I don't know, Ian. There's a lot of movies out there that could go for positions in that bottom 10. So maybe bottom it's, quintile. It's, um, it's not, it's, yeah, it's not the, the best feminism yeah, wise. Totally agree. Go into that first scene again. Opens and it's very silent. You got the crickets going and you just the get The way this. that the score drops yeah. out. Yeah. So good. I respect it, but I did not like. <laughs> oh, yeah. This is the theme for me for this movie. I'm like, I respected it. I did not like it because it made me nervous, which is exactly what it wanted to do. So well done. Oh, yes. It uses its sound design and soundtrack extremely effectively. So, Ooh. Well, okay. So I'm not surprised that it wasn't nominated for an Oscar because of that. Because horror is one of those genres that has often been snubbed and overlooked yes. by the Oscars, along with sci-fi and fantasy. Um, but I would say horror even more so. I think there's only been one horror movie that won a Best Picture, and that's Silence of the Lambs in 1992, which, shit, we're going to have to Oh, I'm so excited. <sighs> so good. It's fine. But no, the sound design... But I'm... I'm very... I, I, I think it's Oscar. I think... Yes, I do too. I 100% agree, and I think we've seen some movies that were nominated for their sound design or their score that, like, I would put this above. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. So this shot, I just, again, cannot hammer home how great it was to see the camera like kind of walk up to the front porch mm -hmm. kind of slide over to the side window see some canoodling going on yes it's very it's very voyeuristic yes uh, which, which is ups the creep factor and yes. ups the tension so well yeah because like as you're watching it like sometimes like there are very intimate moments between characters that you're like i shouldn't be watching this and if i shouldn't be watching it the psycho killer definitely should not be watching it yeah psycho killer <laughs> Michael Myers is a You tell him killer. off. <laughs> no, I just think it's funny that you're trying to hold a psycho killer to some sort of moral code. <laughs> That's our version of a horror movie. It's me looking at this big giant, all five foot three of me, looking at this giant psycho killer being like, 
bad psycho killer. And this is why you'll be frame girl. <laughs> we did discuss that at like a dinner party one time with our group of friends. We were like, who who would who would die when in a horror movie? And I had a strong case for Final Girl. Oh, you definitely did. Yeah, I think I came out as Final Girl. <laughs> Ian was like, will you stick with me so that I don't die? And I was like, sorry, hon, you're male. You're already gone really soon. Like, you're already not surviving. I'm so sad. Uh, anyway, so we get him get Mike's point of view. Not Mike Myers, not to be confused. The baby driver gag, amazing. Um, <laughs> but we get his point of view coming around the back of the house. One, why was the back door just wide open? This town and its inability to lock any of its windows or doors is just it's, obscene. It's the 19... Well, at this point in the story, it's the 1960s something. It's yeah, it's true. 1963. And, yeah, it's a small town in Illinois, I think, mm-hmm. right? Uh, so, of course, nobody locks their doors. And then, as we're... Basically, this entire movie, Ethan, I would be like, why haven't you locked your doors? Why are so you standing near solved. so many windows? So Michael walks in the back door. We see him pick up a knife like the camera pans down. You yes. see his hand grab it. He walks into the living room. Also, just want to again stress, like, this is all Michael's point of view. Yeah. So we get to see a hand at most. Like, mm-hmm. we do not see Michael as a whole. Exactly. Get to see the boyfriend run away. Not run away. He leaves. But he, he leaves. leaves. Um, which, he was oblivious. He, like, watched like turned his head, could have seen Michael Guys. with the knife in the living room Guys. and just left. So many times. If someone had just fucking turned around or not ignored the shadow on the wall in front of them, the human with a knife shaped shadow on the wall in front of them, more people would have survived this movie. And this, dear listeners, is why Maggie cannot handle dramatic irony. <laughs> not when it's stupid. <laughs> To be fair, I'm a very unobservant person, though, so... So it just hammers home. Yeah. Or yeah, hits like, close I could, home, like, rather. I could potentially be Final Girl, because I'm, like, brunette and, like, decently smart and stuff, but, like, I'm not coming out unscathed. Because you're not observant enough. No, So exactly. we're going to just, like, gloss over <laughs> I will almost die at least twice. Oh, my goodness. So... Again, boyfriend leaves, Michael gets up the stairs, and he puts on this mask. And then all of a sudden, our field of view is just the cutouts in the mask. mask. And I loved how they limited what you were able to see in this shot. Because, again, it builds that tension. Which I was actually more able to watch this section because they limited my field of view for me. So I I didn't have to hide as much behind the pillow or watch as much. You did get to see gratuitous sister boob. Again, Ian was like, gratuitous nudity. Nudity? Okay. <laughs> There's another consonant in that word. <laughs> Ian was like, we have, we have, what was it? No, you didn't say we have butts, which is what you should have said. Because but there were no tracking. butts. Oh, guys, it wasn't. It was just It was just, just boobs. But yeah, again, I, as I said to Ian, it's not, the, it's not a movie in the 70s if there aren't just boobs that don't need to be there. <laughs> but we do get Michael, like, actually slasher killing his sister. Yeah. Um, now again, stressing, we don't know that this is him yet, unless you we just know it's a person killing somebody, and we've seen hands that look a little bit small for a grown adult. Literally, doll hands. Yes, like a la Kristen Wiig in Saturday Night Live. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, and then it comes to him walking out of the house. There's a car that pulls up. These two adults get out of the car. We understand, kind of through context, that it's his. And there's this like parents. exasperated Michael. And then they like get more concerns like Michael, Michael, and then the camera does this really beautiful zoom out and we just see a kid in a clown costume 
Thumbs are creepy. Standing there with a bloody knife and two very befuddled parents. Yes. And then the scene closes with the camera tracking out. Yes. Which, okay, parallelism. I'm a sucker for it. And the knife, the way they had the kid hold it and glint in the light, you would get shine, shining like little glints off of it every so often. So this was a beautifully constructed scene. And for what it's worth, it was pretty much a single take. So I appreciated that orchestration. So great opening scene. Very well done. Okay, so that is our introduction to Child Michael Myers. Now we immediately move into... Quote, modern day. Yeah, which is 1978. So not quite modern, but we get this nurse and a doctor. It would have been for the movie. Yes, that's very true. Nurse and a doctor driving up to this presumably like mental hospital having this conversation about like, oh, are you going to be okay with maximum security, like, patients? Basically, yes, basically saying that, like, this is a hospital for the, like, most criminally insane. Exactly. And she's like, and it's not going to be an issue. But and it's like nighttime, it is storming. Because it never it can't raining. not be. People are saying it's not going to be an issue, even though we know it's going to be a fucking issue. And the headlights pan up on the patients out in the yard. That... In the rain, at night. It was creepy. It was perfect. I respect it. But I did not like it. That is Maggie's comment for the entire film. Yeah. Um, and she's like, oh, I didn't know that they let patients out. And I was like, they don't fucking let patients wander outside in the middle of a thunderstorm. <laughs> like, no. That part was so great. Everyone in this movie is the biggest idiot I have ever seen in my entire The doctor life. gets out of the car and is like, let me go like, and use the gate And the whole time he thing. was like, out of the car, I was like, that nurse is going to get... She watches as somebody scurries up the back of her car, which that was a beautiful shot. I like the break. Oh, no, no, no. The brake lights illuminated this guy. As, well, I, it was Michael Myers as he was like scrambling up through the back window and across the roof. And she unrolls the window. What the fuck? And that's like 70s car glass window. So you know that shit isn't the stuff that breaks nicely so it won't wound you. That is the like... You break that, you are getting sliced, so you should keep your windows up if you think there is a murderer on top of Yeah, I don't know why she did that. Michael terrorizes her a little bit, pulls her hair again. She's like, oh my god, what's going on? I thought she was going to die. Shocked she didn't. She did not. She did not She just kind of like got out of the car after she crashed it, and and Michael stole the car. car. Yeah. Yeah. And then the doctor's like, oh, are you all right? Which I actually gave him credit for that. because Then he was like, but I'm mad at you because you let him fucking steal the car. And I'm like, well, what was she supposed to do? Maybe you shouldn't have gotten out of the car. Maybe just nobody should have been People make bad decisions in horror movies. So this is our first introduction. Again, we got child Michael Myers. We got criminally insane patient Michael Myers. We Again, though, as Ian was saying, there's a shot of him climbing onto the car. We never get a very good shot of Michael Myers, or when we do, he's wearing the creepy-ass mask. Yeah, we never see his face except There's for There's one once. time where we see his face, and it is not until the very end. I love it. Faceless killer. So good. I respect it, but do... <laughs> say it with me, people. Do not like it. <laughs> <laughs> so... Again, really good introductions on that part. And then we get our introduction to final girl, Laurie, who has to go to the Michael Myers house to drop a key because apparently her father, I think, is a real estate agent. Somebody's trying to sell it. It's very anyway, overgrown. They have to drop it's a abandoned. Key. So she drops off a key and that's when there's um, this little kid with her who it's the kid she babysits later. Mm-hmm. And it kind of like sets this whole myth of the Myers where it's like kind of this town legend. No one goes to the, the house. Haunted, it's really, haunted house. Yes, yeah. It's haunted. It's creepy. If you go up there, you're going to die. 
And some people do. As she, I do want to talk about this shot. Yeah. Because this was one of the ones I will say because I was really good at listening to the musical cues and hiding quickly behind my pillow. <laughs> there weren't a lot of jump scares that got me, but there were two that got me. One of them is it's a shot through this like small kind of screened window of the Myers house front yeah. door, and you it's can got, like, see burlapish sort of curtains. Yeah, um, you can see Laurie leave the key. And it's just dark except for that window. And then you just see Michael's silhouette come into view very suddenly. Oh, it's so good. And then as Laurie's walking away, you get a awkwardly long shot of him just watching her walk away. And he's like decapitated by the frame. That's like a common theme with him where you never see above his shoulders except for late in the film. You never see his face except for once. And then you also very rarely get a full body shot unless it's him walking menacingly towards the camera. And you know why? Because it makes him seem larger than life. And it makes him seem Mm non-human. Again, with him like taking a knitting needle to the neck, a hanger to the, a wire hanger to the eye. Um, multiple stab wounds and gunshot wounds and still not dying. So it's like the interesting thing about Michael Myers as a villain is that he's human and that like we have this backstory for him that establishes him as human. We do see his face towards the end at one point. So like he is human, but he's also not human because like a lot of time he's that faceless character that you never see the full shot of and he can survive all this insane stuff and he never runs after anybody he just walks towards them which my one beef with that like yes it's more menacing and scary but also it gives people a lot of time to react that they did not take advantage of no there's a lot of scrambling at doors and i was like just break the fucking window no one's gonna be that bad but i also do want to say that i admire michael myers calm under pressure and aspire to have some of that so minus time, the psycho killer time, <laughs> so next time you're stressed at work you're gonna just be like let me Bees put on my mask. Bees like Michael Myers. <laughs> I don't think your coworkers are going to appreciate that. That's amazing. Um, so throughout this whole scene as well, I do want to call out how the soundtrack is stands in such a dissonant note compared to the action that's happening on the screen. So like Lori's interaction with the kid that she babysits is so positive and smiley and happy, but you have this foreboding music that only we can hear. So mm-hmm. again, this tension building that the film does they drop it out at good perfect slash they do worst points like when we see michael (laughs) so it's so great now throughout all this these scenes we get interspersed moments with dr loomis Mm -hmm. basically he oh my god i can't stand him he's so fucking the the scene that we just had right after that scene with laurie walking away michael watching he's at the hospital and it's like Oh, nobody listened to me when I was like, he's like going to run away and all this. Oh, how can he drive a car? Okay, one, it's easy. Not that hard to drive a car. But like... 15-year-olds learn how and 15-year-olds are stupid. Sorry if there are any 15-year-old listeners. I was also once 15 and I was an idiot. But could still drive a car. Yeah, so don't accept that. But anyway, Loomis's ineptitude is infuriating. Like the... I'm kind of fine with him as a character setting up that Michael's escaped, but then he does nothing of use the entire rest of the movie. Like, he lets the sheriff know that this guy's, like, come away, like, he's, like, escaped from this asylum and he thinks he's there. Although then every time something bad happens, like, the sheriff is like, oh, this hardware store got broken into. 
Just a bunch of kids messing around. Womp womp. Oh, there's a dead fucking dog in the Myers house. Guess it was kids. And someone's clearly living here, squatting here. Probably just stupid kids fooling around. What was going on in the 70s? Was lead paint that big of a problem? It wasn't lead paint. A lot, just lead paint. (laughs) A lot of shit was going on in the 70s. And like literally there's so much stuff in this movie that I am like, I, the only reason I am okay giving this a quarter of a pass is because it happened in the 70s. (laughs) Fair. Fair. So the next kind of sequence of scenes, I kind of view as the... It's setting up Lori. It it really is. And to some extent, the kid that she's going to be babysitting later in the night. But we really get set up with how Michael is following Lori. So we get a scene of him outside of Lori's classroom behind a car. We see him and then he's gone. Well, here's the thing too. Lori's just like, eh, it's just a weird person. He kind of blends in with the background by that car too, except for that just inhuman white mask. And the reason the white mask is so unsettling because it was actually a Captain Kirk mask that they just painted this like blue white. I love it. So it's like, (laughs) it's that uncanny valley effect, especially when you get it from a distance where it's like human but not human. Well, yeah. And with the dark cut out eyes, it just that contrast between those two puts it into this weird category of it's it's not real, but it's real. Exactly. Um, But yeah, so that happens. There's like a bit where she's like talking to her friends. Can we just talk about what shitty friends she has? Um, One, they're dumb. (laughs) Lori's not the smartest either, even though her apparently guys don't like her because she's too smart. And I'm like, there. There's That's another. We can put that in the pro-feminist column for this (laughs) film. (laughs) By pro-feminist, we mean not very feminist. Um. But Michael just kind of pops out from behind a hedge, and Annie makes fun of her, like, oh, you're just seeing yeah, men so everywhere. Yeah, like, being come a on. really shitty friend and being like, you're so stupid, Lori. You apparently just need crazy. to get a man. Um, and then it culminates with Lori looking out her window and seeing Michael, like, in the laundry line with kind of the sheets blowing okay, in the wind. So, again, if you have not already called the cops, because she also sees his car, which says for official use only on the side and has the logo for a state mental hospital. But when she sees him in the laundry outside of her fucking house, that's when you call the police. No. Yes! Why? and you're a teenager alone in your house and someone's on your property in your fenced off backyard who looks super creepy and you've seen them following you all day. Hey, it was a simpler time. Ah! (laughs) (laughs) No, I totally agree. And the absentee parents in this film, which again was another like trope that this film like leaned heavily into. And that doesn't actually bother me. Oh, as much it as doesn't the bother me. Because... I just think it's an interesting technique to use here. Well, I think part of that is because, like, the horror genre, and I think still today is true, like, it's very much targeted at, like, teenagers and, like, people in their 20s. Yeah, yeah. And... Back when you still enjoy being scared, it doesn't so much seem like these things could actually happen to you <laughs> because you haven't lived. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> so, anyway, we, we have a very clear picture of Michael Myers. He's a creepy-ass well, motherfucker. not so much a clear picture of him, but we know exactly what he's about, and it is killing teens. Well, that, that's about as clear as it gets. <laughs> well, we haven't seen his face. We've not tried well, a that's true. Shot. We did get a full body shot in the laundry. I mean, he was partially obscured by laundry. Some billowy, wispy sheets. Which would have been... It's really funny, because if you replace Michael Myers in that shot with, like... 
I don't like I don't like a guy in a suit or a girl in like a nice like summer dress or something. We have a romance film. Literally in my head, I'm recreating that scene with a woman in a cute little skirt playing to Enya's like. Can see. Now we have like, now we have like a romance. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Funny how things change oh when God. you put a I... creepy mask on. So after she doesn't call the cops, which again, questionable decisions, we know and that... And again, this is not even the first time that somebody should have called the cops in this movie. Yeah, this we're is just like going to ignore time. logic for now. <laughs> but I'm like, even if you had written all the other bits off, this is the time to call the cops. I mean, it should have been, but they didn't. Also, can I just say that this movie has made me very thankful for cell phones. Yes, you can't cut the cell line unless your phone dies. That's that is that the is modern the day. Which the phone line is cut. Remind me to charge my phone because it's only like thirty percent right now. So Careful. if I get Michael Myers, <laughs> I'm fucked. Yeah, basically. Um, <laughs> Damn it! Where's my knitting needle? So Annie picks up Laurie. They go for a drive. Yeah. So there are two. Let's go ahead and just talk a little bit about. Oh, that. So yeah, we should. We have Laurie's two best. I'm assuming her best friends. Like God, they're Lori, really shitty Lori, friends. Find some new friends. Um, and we're not saying that they're shitty friends because they're like promiscuous or anything. They're I want shitty to go friends and... because the options are like, oh, Lori, watch me hook up with my boyfriend. Oh, Lori, watch me go and drive and pick up my boyfriend. Hello, uh, Lori. Like, why and don't you they, watch? they uh. just like make fun of her. They never believe her when she's like, did you see that weird thing? They're like, you're so dumb. And like, you're getting, you're losing it, Lori. And then they're like, why do you want to study, Lori? And I'm like, I hate these stereotypes. I always forget my chemistry book and my mathematics book. <laughs> like, dude. Who needs books? And I was like, she's just listing books. <laughs> but it's Linda who's the one who just lists all the books she doesn't need. Though her flared jeans were the fucking bomb. With they those were. platformed sandals. Yeah, but Lori got into like a Lori better outfit. Lori ended up in a better outfit. After her beige school. Yes, yeah. after the really gross beige, just beige. Beige on beige on beige mauve on, on beige. Beige on beige outfit that Lori was wearing. Then she changed into something that was really awesome and good for kicking Psycho Killer's ass. She never kicked him. I'm sad. Um, <laughs> well, she got thrown down some stairs and broke her leggy. Well, so. maybe she should try harder. <laughs> Would Chuck Norris have not kicked him if he had fallen down a set of stairs? No. Has Chuck Norris ever fallen? I'm sure he's fallen down a set of stairs at some point. I was it wasn't called falling. Person. It was called tumbling, Maggie. I'm sorry, I'm he sorry. does not fall. You're right. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> Chuck Norris, please don't come for me. <laughs> um, um, so th- these friends are all babysitting kids. Yeah, so like, there's on Linda the and then there's Annie. Annie is like, she kind of is supposed to be the Rizzo-esque character. Like, that's just, the best way so I can think to was, describe like, Annie. Linda makes, like, Linda does some kind of rude things, but she's not just straight up mean to Lori. Annie's straight, straight up mean. mean. Yeah, I don't, I don't get her. I don't get her at all. I don't know why Lori's friends with her. I guess because it's high school and it's like friendship because of proximity. I have no town. clue. Choices are Lori can find better people. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Um, so Annie picks her up. We get to see that Michael is following them in the official use only car. Yeah, really blatant official use only car. Like, it's like it's not even like a. It is a sedan. notable car. It, it is, is beige, but it is notable. It is notable. And they don't notice. They're smoking a blunt. And that's why they don't notice. They're driving. Hey, I'll take it. They drive up. They see. We know that Annie's the or not Annie. We know that Lori's the good girl because she coughs after smoking the blunt. I just I can't with that. I can't. Um, they drive around the town. It starts to get darker. They see Annie's dad, who, who is, is the, the sheriff. sheriff. Yeah. So at one, there was one point later where I was like, Lori, call the goddamn police, especially because 
Annie's dad is the sheriff, and if you think that something awful has happened to his daughter, he can get cop cars over there so fast. He can. But this is, like, again, setting up more of that, like, Michael is about and nobody can find him because it's pretty evident well, to us. Why nobody can find him? I don't know because well, he's I'll just tell standing you. on streets looking weird in the middle of daytime. Like, I guess everyone's like, oh, it's Halloween. It's just kids pulling pranks. Next no, time I show up at your apartment. this is a grown man. Don't you fucking dare. <laughs> <laughs> it is a grown-ass man in a weird car and a weird mechanics jumpsuit with a weird mask, what looks like a wig, but it might be his real hair. I don't know. Just standing menacingly on other time. people's property. It was a simpler time. Bullshit. Where people, people could do that. People in rural Illinois would have... Definitely called the police or pulled guns. It wasn't on him. rural. It was the suburbs. Um, <laughs> it looked fairly rural to me. <laughs> so, get the scene at the hardware store. This oh, is where the obviously kids broke into just for jokes. Yeah. So Annie and Lori pull up in Annie's mom's car, and they're like, "Oh, hey, Dad, what's going on? Oh, it's just the kids pulling pranks, stealing some rope and, and some Annie's knives like and shit." Annie's like a dick to her dad, kind of for no reason. Yeah, and it, her dad just kind of takes it I, it was that a weird interaction exchange. was so it was weird such a weird ex- like it made no sense no sense and it's at not all. even like he's like you guys shouldn't be smoking weed like it's the 70s he probably didn't care but like it but like it's not even that like she just kind of says something to him it's like this total like dick thing to say it, that that part was weird out of nowhere <laughs> but the reason i love this scene is because we also get dr loomis coming in and you can see michael drive by in the car while Loomis the is car facing the camera. That says official use only hey, property of. For, I will just say again, I, like, I called Loomis completely turn useless turn about 15 also, minutes ago. We can just go ahead and tell you almost all of the rest of Loomis's plot line, and it is standing partially, I stress partially, hidden by a hedge outside the Myers. Home. He wasn't hidden by the hedge. Maggie's giving him a lot of credit. He was not hidden. He was hanging out at the Michael Myers house. Just standing there. Meanwhile, children are dying. They are. But this is notable because well, also of he all of the tension it's building. Also, he tells the police, don't, like, do anything. No, he literally is like, don't cause panic. Just keep He'll your mouth run. shut. He'll run. He'll leave. And I just, it's like, well, maybe again, he's useless. he would leave without killing a lot of people. Maybe. Maybe they would. Maybe they wouldn't. I don't know. We'll see. Um, so we rapidly are now delving into the deaths, what I like to call the last half hour of the movie. So <laughs> I will say, like this movie, like it keeps tension up, a, like a lot of the movie. Even though, like there, are, I'm gonna hold on. I'm gonna try and count some deaths. I mean, do you want to count when he kills the? Me- not counting when he kills the mechanic because we well, later we see the dead body. We don't see the death. The we just see. Which the dead that was mechanic. another good scene. The use of the train horn plus the soundtrack in that was. Gorgeous. Yeah, when Again, Loomis finds like the dead Oscar mechanic. Well, he doesn't actually even find editing. the dead mechanic. Yeah. Loomis just finds the aban- the truck mm-hmm. that Michael, the, the mechanic was driving, that Michael killed the mechanic and took his clothes. But I was like, why did you take the fucking truck? <sighs> anyway. Maggie would be a very good serial killer, is what I'm getting from this. I just, Maggie has logic, is what I'm getting from this. <laughs> but like, anyway, so. Where was I even going with that? I have so many The people dying? Oh, yeah. So not counting the mechanic, not counting the sister who dies at the beginning of the film. Is it three or four? It's four. Annie. Annie, Linda, Linda's boyfriend. Oh, you're right. It's It's just just only three. three. It's just three. So, like, you know, and I I think this movie, you know, know, when we're talking about just looking at, like, the 
Like, there are four deaths you actually see if you count the sister. Okay, really fast, can I just go back and say, I just said there were only three deaths? I know, That was very flippant, so... Yes, yes, yes. We're talking about... Yes, we're we're talking about this in the context of a slasher film. Yes, that that is a low body count for a slasher film. For a slasher film. Um, And so there are, in total, five bodies, four deaths that we see. And none of them are really that graphic. No. By today's standards... They're well, not pleasant by any means, but they're not that graphic. They're they're kind of cartoonish, I would say. Eh, I wouldn't go that far. They are Maybe I'm just thinking about the vibrancy dramatic. of the blood being cartoonish. Well, it doesn't look real. It's very fake. Don't but worry about fake blood. It's, anyway, from that time. So it's yeah. not it's not as graphic as I think a lot of more recent horror films mm-hmm. are. Granted, I would not really know because I don't really watch them because well, I don't like graphic think of stuff like, like that. The whole Saw series. I don't want like, to. Really well, don't that. don't think about it. Just know that it's a lot more graphic I than this. I will take your word for it because um, I will never fucking watch watch that. So death um, scenes. But anyway, well, like the in general though, the movie keeps a lot of tension throughout the entire thing even when it's doing the setup just by the fact of you like knowing that michael's there and michael's watching yes and you never know when he's going to pop up or where he's going to pop up or in which random unlocked window slash door he's going to and there were a lot of times too especially with annie so annie is babysitting this uh girl who lives across the street from the little boy that laurie's babysitting Mm -hmm. and we know that michael's watching the house and he spills butter on her clothes, and then proceeds to completely strip, which I was like... but In he, the kitchen. But I was like... And then there's like randomly the like a button-down shirt for her to put on. But I was like, if you spill butter on yourself, I don't think you got it on both your pants and your shirt. Like, She's so, skilled. You should only have to remove But one. again, we see the scene from the outside watching in from Michael's point of view. Yes, so again, Creepy very lawyeristic. Um, but then there's the detached laundry room from the rest of the house, which I was like, what the fuck that Annie... Hey, it's a detached garage. Room. I don't but know. But the whole point is, like, the whole bit with, like, Annie doing laundry, and then she gets locked into the laundry room, and then the little girl has to come and let her out because, like, Annie's boyfriend called, and the little girl goes to find Annie and tell her. That entire time, I was like, I know Annie's going to die. I don't, but you know, don't know when, when. it's going to happen. And it went on for a really long time without yeah. her dying. And like, every so I, often, Michael would just pop up in a window or yeah. pop up in a door where Annie couldn't see. And that was the case with pretty much Ugh. everyone, was that Michael appeared so much later than I expected him mm-hmm. to. So they really wrote out that tension. Again, masterful use of soundtrack and dramatic irony. I did not like it. <laughs> um. So ultimately, we get to a point where Annie is like, okay, I gotta go pick up my boyfriend. Let me voice I'm my kid, this kid on, on you. Lori. Yeah. Which Lori makes this Lori, comment. Lori, you don't have a life. Oh my God. Lori makes a comment about how the Girl Scout like comes through again. And I was immediately like, you need better fucking you friends. You really need better friends. They take you for granted, Lori. You really in do. In your cute little floral apron. Yeah. They set her up to be very matronly. They do. Very. She's got a little bit of mom hair going on. So Annie goes back. Now, th- I love this. She goes to the car. It is locked. She's like, oh, shit, got to get the keys. The whole time we're like, where is Michael? How is she yeah. going to die? She's alone now. What's going to happen? She goes yeah. back in. She gets keys. Da, 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 da. She goes to the car, and it's unlocked. But she just gets in, and then she's like looking like something's weird. I'm like, like, oh, she realized that she just got into an unlocked car that was previously locked. But no, she just sees a glint of that white mask. I'm assuming it's the white mask. Oh, no. I don't know what happened, but she was like rubbing the glass like something was blocking it. And I was like, what's going on? I thought she caught like a weird glimpse, and I don't know. Whatever. Whatever reason. Anyway. But Michael just jumps out of the shadows, which, holy shit, 
I loved it. I didn't even see that. Well, I saw it coming, but I didn't see him at all in the way that they're able to keep him so well hidden. Or when they so start great. to show him that he's hidden in shadows, then you just get the ghost the of the mask. mask. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Uh, but anyway, so Annie dies. Well, she's strangled. I, Ian and I had a really weird conversation, which I think you and I have both watched too much Criminal Minds. Always check the backseat. Well, one, always check the backseat. <laughs> but two, we were sitting there, we were being like, interesting that he would strangle her because his previous MO was stabbed. Yeah. We were like, it's very no. odd for them to change MO. And I was like, I've watched too much Criminal Minds. He strangles. I mean, he, he even strangles the boyfriend and then stabs him. But, like, that was an interesting, like, huh, that's 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 interesting. He strangled the dog, which that whole scene with the dog, I was That made me really mad. So there's a dog at the house that Annie's This is before Annie at. died. Yeah, it's before she died. And, like, the dog is, like, barking. And we're all like, because he fucking knows Michael's out there. And she's like, this dog hates me. And I'm like, well, I kind of hate you, too. But the dog is barking at Michael. <laughs> and then there's a bit where the dog is outside. She hears it barking, like, Something is clearly yeah. wrong, and then the dog stops, and there's just Whimpers. this awful dog whimper. And she's like, "What is it?" She's like, "Oh, it must have found a hot date." And I was like, "You fucking idiot!" Yeah, who's that the dog real is monster? Dying. I was like, "That." So I was like, "Something clearly just killed that dog." Call the and I cannot stress this enough. Police. Wow, you popped that pee right there. I'm so sorry. I'm gonna have to edit that. <laughs> Not really. I think your levels okay, are low. Enough. I'm trying to stay far away from the mic because I know I'm gonna yell a lot in this one. Yeah, anyway, lots of, lots of problems with Annie. I wasn't that sad to see her die. I mean, I was sad because... I, I was sad she died, but she could have not been in the movie. To die, but it, it's one of those things where you're just like, this character's not even an actual... Like, this character doesn't feel like a real human anymore because all of the choices that they've made are so counter to what you would actually yeah. make in a situation like And that, that was Annie. Yeah. So, anyway, Annie is dispatched. <laughs> you did not like my use of that word. <laughs> no. The only um, dispatch I want happening in this movie is for someone to dispatch the police. <laughs> nice. Thank you. Um, but we do get a very interesting shot where you have the young kids. So you have both the kids over at Lori's. One of them's kind of hiding. They're 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 watching scary movies. Mm-hmm. And one of them's kind of hiding behind a curtain and trying to like freak this little boy's trying to like freak out the little girl, and then he notices out the window Michael Myers carrying Annie around to the front of the house yep. and back into the house, which I have a lot of questions about the layout of this house and why no one will use the back door even when they're trying to hide bodies, why yeah, they feel question. the need to circle from the laundry that is really far away Maggie, or the Maggie, garage Maggie, Maggie, and then Maggie, go around Maggie. the front of the house. I, it's so that the young boy can see it. I hate horror <laughs> movie logic. I hate it. But this is the second time that he has seen, that the young kid has seen, yeah, which, quote, the boogeyman. I also have an issue with the fact that Lori, when the kid is freaking, like, freaking out and telling Lori that he's, like, seen the boogeyman and all this stuff, Lori's like, and he's done this before throughout the movie, Lori's like, it's nothing, it's nothing. I'm like, Lori, you fucking saw it earlier. Like, Lori, you were freaking out about this earlier, so. but then you're just dismissing the kid. <laughs> yeah, it's <sighs> hypocritical. But also, I want to just point out that Maggie's frustration right now is so telling at the efficacy of this movie. The fact that she is so infuriated by these characters means that one, they made you care. I didn't care about them because they're all bad choices. No, you cared enough to get fired up about it. That's that is not me. I do not have to care about stuff to get fired up about <laughs> it. Point. But. It's not that I cared about the characters so much. It's that, like, the lack of logic sometimes was driving me 
nuts. And there are some things definitely that I can excuse because like there are sometimes like I think in life in general, mm-hmm. you are willing to like excuse stuff that's a little creepy or a little weird and you're like, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. Most of the time it is. Sometimes it isn't. But the extent to which these characters were just ignoring shit bothered me. I mean, fair. The one, so many the people just were willfully I had I had issues with Linda and Bob, her boyfriend Bob's actions, but for different reasons. I did not find them necessarily... No, wait, never mind. There was a very, very stupid decision that they made. So never mind. They also made really bad decisions. I was going to say, like, in general, I did not think that the stuff they excused was, like, out of the realm of possibility, but I'm taking that back because they <laughs> went into a house that they knew their friend was supposed to be at babysitting. We're like, well, look for a note. There okay. was no note left all the lights Let's on. Let's just go into this. Let's go into Linda scene. and Bob. So Linda and Bob, Bob, um, they drive up drunk in a van. Don't do that. Bad decision number one, <laughs> driving drunk. They go into this house that is unlocked. Okay. Two, bad the decision house, number two. The, Not the theirs, one thing but I will, decision. to a certain extent, Especially Annie. There's one time when she's about to leave the house that she doesn't lock that I'm like, come on. But for the most part, like, Lori and Annie not locking those houses, I will excuse because it is a small town in the 70s and it is right across the street from each other. And a lot of times they are just going back and forth across the street. But the amazing part is no door is ever locked unless somebody needs to escape from a killer. And I love it so much. Then it's locked. (laughs) But those are are times I'll, like, excuse that. But um, Linda and Bob arrive at this house that is... Neither Linda nor Bob's house, nor is it a house belonging to a child that either Linda or Bob are babysitting. It's dark. It is dark that neither of them turn on the lights. They are like, my friend Annie should be here. Let's go in. Is not there. Does not respond when called. There are no notes telling them. Because they're like, let's look for a note. And then they don't look for a note, which there is no note. And instead... (laughs) start to hook up on the couch of this house that again is neither Linda nor Bob's nor does it belong to a child that Linda nor Bob are babysitting so there is literally no reason that they should be there and they literally just broke into somebody's house and had sex on that couch on their couch and in their bed well that happens a little bit later but there's so much beer being drunk I look okay the scene we'll we'll just go to the scene was all that beer in their car did they also steal from people's fridge but who leaves trails of beer cans in a stranger's house I have no no issue with these characters being sexually active I have an issue with them being very rude about other people's homes in someone's bed yes someone's bed and then they smoke in bed. They just like trash that person's house. I'm like, they're not going to die of Michael Myers. They're going to die of burning when they drop ashes into the bed. And burn down this other person's house. Again, questionable decisions. This is where Maggie had I'm to have saying, her get I'm off my lawn that... moment. <laughs> yes, I was like, these youths are so disrespectful. I loved it. It was so great. So I love them that Ian's husband Patrick like uh, got back to the house and like walked in and I was like Patrick you would not believe what these youths are doing <laughs> and he was like okay calm down it's, it'll be okay I was incensed so was so rude they just trashed these people's house Bob and and they got blood everywhere yeah Bob and what was her name again Linda Linda thank you sorry she she kind of disappeared for a long time um, yeah. so Linda wants some post coital refreshment. She's like, where's my beer? <laughs> exactly. And Bob's like, I'll get it for you. So he goes they downstairs. They again, not turn on a single light in this for house. For whatever reason. Actually, no, you know why they haven't turned on a single light? Because they're not supposed to be there. They shouldn't be there. <laughs> so many issues. Again, 
I loved the tension that they were building with this. Not blaming any of these characters. Why were you there? Bad decisions. Um, So he's down getting beer. He's like, oh, this door is open to the outside. Maybe I should close it. This this whole bit was framed really, really It nicely, really was. Because it's it like was, a kind of narrow mm-hmm. corridor. And it's from the kitchen looking out on the glass-paned window. So you get uh, the light coming into the pane mm-hmm. and silhouetting everything. And there's a couple doors that Bob tries, and then all of a sudden we get Mike jumping out of one of the doors. Yeah. Picks up Bob by the neck and holds him against, uh, I presume, a pantry door yeah, or something. Him. And this is where Ian and I were like, it is again weird that he changed his MO because initially he was stabbing people and then Michael Myers stabs him. Yeah. And we're like, ah, oh, there we are. And this part, it was hor- like horrifying. I can imagine that it would have been extra horrifying. But again, the physics, like, the physics just don't add up because it, what it basically is is that Michael Myers is like stabbed Bob so that he's like pinned to the wall because you get a shot of and like, like six feet inches wiggling. off the ground. Yeah, wiggling, they're off the ground, and they hey, but that would have been terrifying. With the knife, terrifying. it's a large knife, but it's not that. It's not like a knife that's so large it would go through the width of Bob's body. And you it's don't also have twenty-four inch knives halfway. just like hanging around. But that's not the knife that Michael Myers had. It was not the width of Bob's body, and it was sticking half out of Bob. So the physics here don't add up. I think Maggie is doing this to avoid having to confront her fears. Oh, 100%. <laughs> I literally was like, I'm going to nitpick this movie so that I'm not afraid of it. I love it. Um, so that is number two, second kid that he killed. And then this scene, I... I really feel bad for laughing. Do I feel bad for laughing? Not I, really. There is a certain point in this scene where I'm like, Linda probably should have tried to leave, but then also what was she going to do because he was blocking the doorway? Yeah. So I'll kind of I'll kind of excuse this scene, actually. So Linda's smoking in bed like a badass. Like, literally, she's there like, in my post Where's my glow. beer? <laughs> exactly. And then we see a figure creepy. under a sheet like a ghost. Like, like a classic we ghost. We know it's Michael Myers. But it was creepy. But he had put on Bob's glasses. Did yes. you notice that? Yes, I did. No, it was so great. That's such a beautiful it was, touch because it, it put Linda worse. at ease. Was, oh my God. Such worse. a great touch. It was like funny and creepier at the same yes. time. And Linda like pulls the sheet down and is like, see anything you like, aka my nipples. Yeah, we got more <laughs> boob because again, it's the 70s. This was instant. instant no. I'm pretty sure that after they like got rid of the production code, it was then like, an unspoken law that you had to have nudity in a movie because people were like, we haven't been able to do it for so long. Let's make up for lost time. All the nudity. (laughs) But the way... I actually appreciate how Linda um, changed throughout this scene. Because at first she's like, that's funny, and she's laughing, Mm -hmm. and then she's like kind of getting more and more uneasy about it. I thought it was a pretty good performance from the actress. Because she's getting more and more uneasy, and she's like, stop it and she's like oh my god you're so weird and she's like i'm gonna call laura like she's just kind of like dismissing it but you can tell she's uncomfortable so she she gets the vibe that like something hinky is going yeah. on but and like, just just for the record pj souls is the actress who okay. i actually Linda. i thought she was one of the best ones i did too like even though her character was like dumb ditzy whatever whatever like it, it was well acted in that scene where mm-hmm. she was killed uh well minus the like final death throws but annie's final death throws were also like horrifically hilarious like the facial expression she made was a little funny it didn't help that she been. was like smashed against the car window with like super bug eyes and then yeah. just slowly slid down the car window and then closed her eyes but then reopened kind of missed the mark for me but that's fine um, but anyway I thought the actress who played Linda I thought was one yes. of the best ones Jamie Lee Curtis did a good job she too fine and I mean it's a you know, with this movie and kind of the vibe of this movie, it's a low-budget horror movie. I don't think you're necessarily there for, like, 
the outstanding performance or the amazing dialogue oh my god no um no. No. The, the dialogue between the no. three friends right after school is just no. her you wrote horrific. down some lines we'll have to run through some of our favorite lines at the end oh you goodness. wrote more down because after a certain point i stopped taking notes because i was like <laughs> it's too hard to write notes and hide behind a pillow at the same time oh my gosh Linda gets strangled with a phone, phone board, board while on the phone with Laurie. Who thinks a prank is being... And thinks like, it's Annie. Doing a prank again. Because earlier in the film, Annie did pull a prank. Well, no. Where is, she was like chewing into well, the phone. Actually, I liked that a lot where Annie calls her, but we don't know it's Annie yet. And we've just seen Michael Myers in the backyard. Oh, that laundry, was a cool thing. And it's yeah. just like no one's answering the phone. And Laurie's like, hello, is anybody there? Who is it? And then hangs up, and then finally Annie, she like, it calls again, it's Annie. And she's like, Annie, was that you? And Annie's like, yeah, sorry, I was chewing. I think you want to hear me chew. And it's like, that I thought was like good and funny. Oh, and it like was. A good kind of like redirect. Good release of that yes. tension. Yeah. 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 Um, but here she's like, Annie, is this a prank? Is this a prank? Meanwhile, it's Linda dying on the other end. And then again, guys, your friend who is in the house across the way, who told you that they were like going to their boyfriends. So can I just paint a word picture really quick? Yes. Maggie was sitting back and now she has leaned up, put her elbows on the table and is leaning forward as if to give a lecture. I am. I'm about to give a lecture. <laughs> <laughs> if your friend, who is supposed to actually be gone with her boyfriend because... But she is gone. Potentially, but you don't know that. Calls you from this house that is completely dark across the street and is just making strangling noises and just a lot of strangling noises. And like weird shit's been happening to you all day. You've been seeing weird people in a mask following you. The kid you're babysitting just said that he saw this boogeyman carrying your dead friend who you think is the one making the weird noises on the phone at the house across the street into the house dead. Maybe. And this is just a suggestion. You should call the police. So I think this belongs on the American Podcast Institute's Top 100 Rants. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. If you have not called the police at all up until this point, maybe this is the point that you... And again, these main characters are teenagers. I, as a 27-year-old, would have called the police long ago. It's because you're older and wiser and know that you can't solve everything. Me, as like a 17-year-old, would have called the police so fast. Well, this is why you'll be final girl. Anyway. <laughs> Lynn, uh, after this point, Lori's Lori like, goes something's going house. on. I should she's go like, investigate. Yeah, she's like, something. She she realizes that something's going on. And again, as Ian, let me emphasize what Ian just said. Her reaction is, I should go investigate. Not, I should barricade myself in a windowless room. But one that does have an escape to it. With the two kids that are under my charge and, like, maybe arm myself with something just in case. Like a wire hanger. Call the police. Yeah, no, not going to happen. So no. she goes over and investigates. And there's some beautiful shot composition. Yes, it is all beautiful. this shot. entire sequence. They love a down the stairs, well, weird, wonky angle shot. When Lori, like, first enters the house, we have this really low angle where we're, like, seeing Again, from a child's perspective. Again, all the lights are off. No one turns on the lights. And you know why she doesn't turn on the lights? Because she's like, there. there's part of her. Part of her It's her says, lizard brain. There, her lizard brain is telling her, there's could be. And likely is a psycho killer in this house. Maybe. Don't, don't turn know. on the lights. But if that part of your lizard brain is ever telling you that there could be a psycho killer in this house, don't turn on the lights. Maybe you should have called the police. Maybe. You also couldn't have. I don't know. Anyway. But yes, we get this really awesome up the shot, up the shot, up the stairs shot 
where it's her walking up and you kind of get the little bit of walking camera motion behind her. She sees this door with a light behind it cracked. Again, beautiful shadows in this scene. Tension building to the max. She opens the door. Dead Annie laid on this bed with, and there had been a scene previously where like mm-hmm. the doctor's in like the Meyer, like the graveyard and he's like, I'm looking for Judith Meyer's grave and the headstone's missing. Exactly. So that Annie's gun was laying on the, on the bed with Judith Meyer's headstone. And Judith is the sister that Michael killed at the beginning of the film mm-hmm. behind her. And it's this very beautiful shot. But I was also a little confused because I was like, wasn't that the same bed that they were having sex in earlier? So this just Michael made up? the bed. I had assumed, He's fastidious. See, assume I originally I had assumed that Annie was already like displayed like that before Linda and Bob had died, but I guess not. No, 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 I don't think so. I guess not. Because so where's Annie? Do, do, don't worry about it. Just did not search that house. Don't worry, they, they didn't. They just wanted to get their rocks off. Come on. But like, I guess if you're having sex in a place that you should not be, yeah, you're not poking around. Let alone should not be at all. Let alone <laughs> at least should not, not be the house. having sex. Maybe um, you should just like check the house first no. and make sure that like there's no one there. I don't know. But I will say I love the way that Jamie Lee Curtis played this. Because it was such a horrified but muted reaction that I thought was actually realistic. Yes, yes. I like that she doesn't... And Jamie Lee Curtis, I think, for a while was known as kind of like the Scream Queen or something. Because she's in several of Mm -hmm. the Halloween movies and I think at least one other horror movie. But she doesn't just scream. It's like almost screams, but she catches herself as if she doesn't want to alert. She doesn't want to alert. The killer if they're still yeah. in the house, which he is. But then all of a sudden we get Bob's body swinging down like a bat. I still don't understand. Did she knock something over that made that I'm happen? not sure. Or, I don't know. But anyway, that's swings when, down. That's when I realized his name was Bob, which for some reason was funny to it's me. It's because he's bobbing. Oh, <laughs> Poor guy. Oh, poor Bob. Um, and then she, you get to see... Um, and for a minute, I didn't recognize him without his glasses. Andy's upside that down. Was so his thing. hair I was, was weird. I was like, is this is a this? different person? <laughs> But then we get Linda also in the closet there yeah. where it kind of opens and it's like Linda's just laying on a shelf. And that's when Lori loses it, which yeah. I think was perfectly yeah. played on her part. And she like backs out into the the landing from the stairs and it's like, oh my God, let me go to this one door where it's beautifully lit with this gaping black void in the middle of the frame. Oh yeah. So we have to the left side of the frame, we have Lori pressed up against the wall freaking the fuck out beautifully and then just this like black void kind of and the way the camera is angled is so that the you're kind of like looking straight into the corner Uh and then you've got the black void kind of on the right hand side and we're are just like we know he's there the void it's gonna get you and you just see the The mask mask come into view and then you put the pillow up in front of your face that you can't see and you just hear him go for i watch it He goes to stab her. He misses, slight, like scratches her, but slices her blouse, and she gets knocked down the stairs, like yeah. over. So this is. It's a very jarring camera effect yeah. that they do, like as if you are her falling. From and her it's point of view. it's not that she gets like rolls down the stairs. She falls from the landing, like, like above the lowest point of the stairs. Her. Yeah, like broken her neck, sort of thing. But somehow, miraculously, she, she is able to run on that leg away with just a limp. <laughs> exactly. Well, and a scratch. A very yeah, yeah. large scratch. Shut up. Runs across the street. And of course, the door is locked to the house for where she's trying to get And the kids were asleep. Yeah, they were. And we just see Michael coolly walking. walking over. Well, no, no first off, I want to talk about her getting out of that house. She goes through the kitchen, right? Oh, Closes we totally forgot about that part. Closes and locks. They built this tension. So 
I'm so mad about this part because she closes and locks the kitchen door, right? Because the front door, she tries to go out mm-hmm. the front door, it's locked. But she the back door is barricaded the... with a rake. Ian, let me finish. <laughs> she closes and locks the kitchen door, right? And then goes to the back door, which it's barricaded with the rake. So she's like, she can't open it. Um, she just sits there like, she's like jangling she's, it. Yeah, like pulling the door being like, ah, ah. Michael punches through the fucking kitchen door, is like grabbing the handle, trying to come through. He starts to come through, and that's when she puts her fist through a pane. Finally. In the, the glass. It is completely made out of glass panes, right? Puts her fist through one of them, moves the rake, and gets out the door. Now, let's discuss some things. So, again, <laughs> we have already established. I'm also in lecture position again. We've already established that Michael Myers literally almost said Michael Moore is a good friend of ours. Oh, not no. the documentarian, but we have a friend named Michael Moore. <laughs> so like, Michael Moore does not run to chase people. I don't think he I feel does. like that's He's a accurate. Nice person, <laughs> so he would not do that. Michael Myers does not run and chase people, right? So He saunters. He, yes. So Lori, when she locks that kitchen door through when Michael comes through the kitchen door, is she actually a, lot a pretty time. substantial a amount of time. of time. She is in a kitchen. There are knives. There's a lot of stuff that you could put through a glass pane to break it other than your fist to move the rake. Oh, that's why her hand was bloody in the later scenes. Because yes. she put it through the pane. Because okay. of continuity. <laughs> if she just taken that like massive looking cookie jar and thrown it's that It's fine. In, Don't worry about it. Lots of coulda, woulda, shouldas in this movie. A lot of coulda, woulda, shouldas that would have kept a lot of people alive. Yeah, no kidding. Most slasher films, in fact. Um, she runs to the house. Again, front door is locked. It's the house that she was babysitting She throws at. a plant up to the window oh to try God. to wake up she the kids. Oh my God, she throws the plant it's up so to the window, funny. like to the upstairs window to wake the kid up. Instead of throwing the plant through, through the, the window, window next to the door she's trying to get through. It's because she's a good Girl Scout and wants to leave things better than how but she, she was found gonna, them. You know what's better? Not dying? Yes. <laughs> uh, but you get a scene like looking back at the house that Annie was at and where Annie was killed. We just see Michael Myers. Just kind of like walking. walking which again is so much creepier than him running. So much tension. But again, allows people a lot more time it does. to think of the better but solution. Annie didn't think of the better solution. It it's fine. I mean, Annie definitely didn't. She's already dead. You're talking about Laurie. She didn't either. I am talking about Laurie now. She also did not think of the better decision. Um, finally gets in because the kid wakes up. Because of the flower pot, which is hilarious. Um, Let's her in. She then tells the kid to go back upstairs. Lock the door. Lock the door. And then stands in the middle of this living room. I think in she front hides of the behind window. the couch at one point. No, she tries the phone first. She's standing next to so many windows. And we discover through the blowing breeze that one of the windows is open. Because you didn't lock it. Why didn't you lock your window? I just... And the phone lines lock are cut. So then she hides behind the doors couch. But does and not grace for the yourself. Room. That has all the fucking windows. I mean, so then hey, Michael Myers, of course, he's already there. He's always already been there, Ian. He's everywhere. He is. I love it. But this is where I love that Lori's craftiness comes Finally to save her. Back. Yeah, with a knitting needle, her like old, a badass. Old ladiness. <laughs> yeah, there's like a she brought like her knitting. And that's how she so stabs him the first time, so which she, is like the, in the, the again, neck. The first time stabs him. Eh, don't worry about he it. Comes over the back of the couch and tries to kill her, and she stabs him in the neck with a knitting. But I needle. love this—the low angle from her point of view, and just seeing him like fall, and then it's like, oh god, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? What's going to happen? And we Ian got like and I a are glint. sitting there being like double tap, double tap, always double tap, triple tap. In this case, make sure he's dead. Yeah, but Lori, Lori she does grab this. the knife, which I was like, fuck yeah. But then yeah. she drops the knife. But then she just like. 
yeah, just like drops the knife. And he's like, oh, thank God he's dead. And I'm like, he's not dead. Yes. And this is where, we're, again, build, release, build, release with this tension. So but at, we've now released the point, tension. I was like, I am so sick of people just not finishing the kill hey. because you know he's going to come back. Once he's but it makes come, for an entertaining Once he's film. come back once, um, no. I, I, I know. That's when you decapitate them. It's overkill. That's like, like zombie I'm level of shit sure right there. Is dead. So first time Michael dies, Laurie's like, okay, we're good now. Let's go get the kids. Okay, cool. Kids, you're fine. It's fine. We're good. But we get a beautiful shot. Here's the thing, though. It Another like beautiful shot. a really long time to tell her that there is the, the boogeyman, boogeyman behind them. Behind yeah. her. But we get the shot of the shadow of Michael coming up the stairs. And we see Michael there with his creepy-ass mask. Her back's and the kids to are like, uh, She's like talking to Her back is to Michael, but the kids are straight facing Michael. And, and then finally one of them's like, but he's right behind you. And I'm like, these kids are not freaked out enough. Also, they did not tell her in enough time. It's, it's kids for you. So then she's just like, back in the room, lock the door. <laughs> So kids are safe. She barricades herself in the closet. And this is where, again, why you would go in the closet, I don't know. No escape. I got the um, window. Because there were, same. There were, e- there were there bushes, too. There was like a porch too. and like a trellis on the... Bushes, on the fine. Well, there was a porch and a, like a, trell- a front porch that had a roof and a yeah. trellis outside that window. Um, so it's very clear. Well, one, I love the shadows through the slot slats of the uh, closet door. Yes. Loved it because it made it sound like look like the whole room was going to be like coming down anyway really cool effect michael finally breaks some slats like flips on the bare light bulb in there and Lori finally gets smart and crafty again and okay, it's like let me use some wire hangers she could have prepped that hanger i'm just saying she could have don't worry it builds more tension if she does it in the moment i am worried Ian. i'm worried um, about a lot and of she stabs him in the eye and then comes out of the closet and he's like well no 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 she also he drops oh, his knife and she, she like stabs him stabs him, him. And then he's we get the second time. dropped on the floor outside the closet, just lying there, second very death. creepily lying there. Just oh, yeah. straight lying there. And, and she's like, kids, she, like, run and get the police. Finally, she's like, run to God. this house down the street and Only took get them to call times. the police. It was obnoxious. But and so tell good. them that they need to come here. And I'm like, Lori, go with go them. With them. So but then, this shot of her slumped down in the doorway. I called it. With I Michael like, in the like, background. He's coming back. He's was gonna so sit great. up and you were like, I think he's dead. And I was like, he's not fucking dead. But you see him out of focus in the background, sit up. And it's like, oh yes, yeah, so creepy. I love it. Meanwhile, finally, Dr. Loomis was like, I don't think he's coming back to the Myers house. And he's like, I found and the ran car. Down the street and found the car, and they calls the sheriff, and the sheriff is like Dr. Boobus, it's just kids pulling pranks. He's like, I found the car. And he's like, are you sure that's not those kids pulling those pranks and those felonies? Say. <laughs> and he's like, no, I have to find him. So I guess he sees the kids running out of the house screaming. Yes. And he's like, I should go investigate. Yeah. Which he's had a pistol in his trench coat pocket this entire time that has, again, been as useless as Dr. Loomis. Don't, don't worry about Loomis's efficacy. It's fine. I don't feel like so, he just like... Okay, wait, we'll get there. Hold on. So, a flashback to Lori. She's like, okay, it's fine, it's fine. She kind of like stumbles fine, out it's of never the fine. bedroom. Michael finally gets her in his clutches, is like strangling her, and then fucking Loomis swoops in and saves the day. And Fuck like, that guy. Lori can so save herself. Lori killed Michael like four times, and then Loomis is well, like, twice. Oh, you know what I mean though. I said like, it's a simile, Ian. God, <laughs> fuck. Yeah, and then it's like Loomis like swoops, swoops in and saves, saves the, day. the day. Yeah, I. But he doesn't <laughs> even really save? save the day because 
like Michael falls through the window and is like lying on the lawn and then when they look back out the window he's gone so again that idea of like setting us up for that sequel that um villain that is like kind of it's like human but not human because also in the uh, struggle with Laurie that's when Michael Myers's mask comes off Yes, so we do get a brief so see, view of that. Yeah, we see him. But he gets it back on yeah, by he, the end. Well, then he's like about to actually, he like puts it on and is about to stab Laurie and that's when Loomis shoots him. Thank goodness. But also, fuck you. Laurie could save herself. I couldn't Laurie? She did like 12 times. I know. I, that really, that was obnoxious. But then the final sequence is like shots of the different houses and then it lingers on the Myers house with the Halloween theme as it just like, Cuts yeah. to black. It's, it's as if it's being like, who's next? Where did he go? It's we your house. Know. As Maggie put it, someday we'll have the technology for it to show your house in this. And I'm like, I'm not here for that. So all in all, minus uh minus Loomis saving the day. Lori should have saved the day. Yep. I loved this movie. It's one of those where I'm like I'm glad I am I glad I watched it. You better be glad um, you watched it. I'm glad I watched it because it is so important to film history and it is so referenced and everything. But again, horror movies is something that I find, I find the genre very, very interesting because it is so tropey. A lot of those tropes, of course, coming from Halloween and then from Psycho, which we're going to do next even, um, which I'm curious to see if we like see things that we're like, oh, that was like in Halloween. We did them in the wrong order. Oh, well, it's fine. It'll be fine. Some reasons. reasons. Um, but, you know, so it's important there. And I think it's interesting how, because it is so tropey, there are cases in which some movies are able to turn those tropes on its head and, like, do something kind of innovative and surprising. And then uh-huh. sometimes that works and sometimes it doesn't. When it works and when it doesn't. So I find the genre very interesting. I do not enjoy watching them. And specifically, like, slasher movies are not ones that I like. I like a good parody of a slasher, though. That's fair. Oh, that one was good. But no, I I don't know. I really liked it. And we're recording this right around the time um, American Horror Story 1984 is Mm -hmm. coming out. And so it was, there was some really interesting psycho killer, like. You gotta watch Friday the 13th. That's what that's really interesting. But it, I don't know. Seeing kind of like the. One of the original slashers was well, it, it is, added a lot of context the, for me. I really like the cinematography in it. I think it's oh, yeah. really well done. And the sound and, and I soundtrack. Think it, it's a movie that again, it's it's like a low budget horror at the time. I at the time this was done, like I'm not even sure. Like I know the horror industry now. Like you still get a lot of low budget horrors, and mm-hmm. it's one of those genres that, like, if you're a new filmmaker and you don't have a lot of budget, it's a very easy genre to break into. But I and it's a very lucrative. Uh, genre, yeah, because they're very popular. Um, I don't know how much of it was popular at the time when Halloween came out, so I don't know if like Halloween was kind of this like reinvigoration of the genre. My understanding is it it, it kind of was, was kind of the start of that. Or being that like popular... maybe you had like B horror films mm-hmm. before that, but they hadn't been as successful as Halloween since like the Hitchcock Universal monster yeah. movie days. Yeah. Um. So I think it's really interesting there. and But the fact that they, like, did so much with such a small budget and, like, the movie, I think, accomplished everything it set out to do. And in 90 minutes. So, yeah. like, it was it super it well. tidy. Yeah, it's a very tight script. Other than the fact that you could pretty much cut Loomis out of it. I mean, he gives, uh, some, he gives some exposition. He's kind of there he as an the, exposition yes. character and to ruin our heroine at the end. 
but I I would say overall like good film. It's if you if you hate horror movies, it's not the worst one to watch. <laughs> like I said, you just need your I think horror you should movie, watch it. You just need your horror movie watching kit. Now, what do you put in a horror movie watching kit? You put a big fluffy pillow you can hide behind. This is essential. You pack a hoodie, preferably that like not just a sweatshirt, but like it needs a hood in case you also need to put that over your eyes because your pillow isn't enough. I actually didn't require mine for this one, so this was a non-hoodie film, but it was there, yeah, to be there. You need snacks. I would recommend watching this in broad daylight. Snacks, snacks are hugely important to the horror movie watching experience because you need something to distract you for sure. Also, fuzzy socks. Now, fuzzy socks are crucial because if you were sitting on the couch and your feet are hanging over the couch and you are not wearing fuzzy socks, the monsters can get your toes. <laughs> so you need to have fuzzy socks and preferably you sit cross-legged with your feet up on the couch so that anything under that couch cannot get you. But just in case, just that's for what the, the record, fuzzy socks are. There is no space under my also, couch for anything to get you. I Just in case, Ian, we've seen Michael Myers pull off some freaky shit. So he's going to make himself like Paper Mario style I also style don't like now. that as we've been recording this, it's gotten later and later and darker and darker in this room. Anyway. Now, and you have a weird, creepy glow. Don't do that because the glow of the laptop on your face is very unsettling. <laughs> also, important. This is usually better in colder weather. It's, a, it's still a little warm here in Atlanta for me to do this, but I highly recommend fluffy blankets. Fluffy blankets to wrap yourself in and, again, use as another shield for your eyes and sometimes your ears, too, because sometimes the sounds from horror movies are not pleasant. And then the last thing, comfort animals. It's nice if you can have pets nearby. Yeah, you had a dog had and a, a cat. A dog and a cat. I'm just saying, or you could just, I don't know, woman up and watch it. No. <laughs> I did. Wait, what are you talking about? I fucking did. I'm I saying in this. lieu of everything except the snacks. I watched this. I watched a lot of that movie. Yeah. There like nearly 75% of it. That I hid behind okay. the pillow for. That's a high percentage, sir. <laughs> anyway, I'm just giving you shit. The things I do for content. <laughs> but yes. Definitely worth a watch, if only for the cultural significance. But with that, I think uh, that pretty much sums it up for Halloween. So we're going to be doing Psycho next time, mm-hmm. which is going to be an interesting throwback. And that one we've seen before, and that one I find less jarring. So I will fully pay attention to that. <laughs> well, and we get to see Jamie Lee Curtis's mother. We do. So it's going to be fun. But in the meantime, please feel free to drop us a line. Tell us what we did wrong, said wrong, how we are right. wrong. Or preferably how we're right. Yes. <laughs> um, we, uh, for something longer form, feel free to reach out to us at thebestpicturespodcast at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Instagram at Twitter. We are at bestpicturespod on both. Yeah. So thanks for listening and join us next time for Psycho. And guys, lock your doors if anything's fishy. Call the police, especially if there's a guy in a creepy Captain Kirk mask sprayed white that's like standing near your clothesline in your backyard. I'm just saying, stay safe out there. Don't be an idiot. Please stay safe. (laughs) See y'all next time.